0: Oh, the Lord is good. Please, can I start preaching my message for today? All right. No, I, I've been trying since to get there. I don't know why it has been so hard. I don't know why it has been so hard. You know, I know where we stopped. And I know what I was planning to say. And I will say it. You're not going anywhere. Just sit down there. The year is about to end. You now, you won't see me for one month. So you have to see plenty of me. The Lord is good. So there's no way you're running to that. Just relax, relax. Let me preach my message. All right. The Lord is good. So I know what I was saying, all right? I know where we stopped. So that's why we've been talking about this fact that God lifts us up. That's what I'm going to say. And then the problem I said the other time is people don't know how to wait. That is a major issue. They don't know how to what? To wait. If you see what we read in that Psalm 37, we read it again and again. He kept on emphasizing that we should learn to wait for the Lord. Let's just get back there. He said in verse 7, let me go back up to verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. No, actually back up to verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. In answer said in verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him. Verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord and do what? Wait patiently for Him. That statement is very important. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. He said in verse nine, now in verse eight, it says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Important. Do not fret. He said in verse nine, those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. He said in verse 11, the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Reading to all of this, you see an important thing we must learn is how to wait for God. And I'm talking about that. Now listen to this. Last time I explained it, that one of the things that God wants us to do while we wait is to develop what? Skill. One of the things he wants us to wait. Why, what the waiting process is for. Now I need to explain this further. Why does God wait, make us wait? I heard a man say, the greater, the, the greater reward. Now, how do I quote this? Let me try and quote it properly. I, I have it written somewhere. Okay, it's on my computer. Oh. All right. Anyway. I read, there's a quote from a particular man. He said, the greatest greatest reward, yes, that's how he said it. The greatest reward for a man's labor is not what he gets from it, but what he becomes by it. Let me say that again. That the greatest reward for your labor is not what you get from it, but what you become in that process. So you see what the Lord is doing? is making us become something. He's not just trying to give us something. Is trying to make us what? Become something. It is that thing we are becoming that's more important to him. That's why James said that, consider it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. Because that trial of your faith works patience. That is why does God allow that trial? Why does he send actually that trial? Because he wants patience to work in you. He said there must be the ability to endure. I hope you're getting my point here. That is why God has to make us wait. That's why he makes us wait. It is not because he can't do things in a hurry. It is simply because he has to develop us to a particular level for him to take us to where we are going next. Now, if you read Isaiah chapter 50, you'll see something here. God says something in Isaiah chapter 50, that if I keep you in a particular place, things don't seem to be working well. If you forcefully remove yourself from that position and push yourself into the place where things work faster by yourself, he said, this you will have from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Now, how you will know that you are forcing yourself into a place where God has not allowed you to go into, where he's not, he has not commanded for you in that season, is that you will break certain rules to get it done. You will break certain rules of conscience. You will break certain rules of righteousness to be able to move to that level. But God said, if you move without passing through the proper process. He said, this you will have from my hand. You will lie down in what? In torment. Now, what am I going to say? The reason is this. God is taking you somewhere in life, and he says, I must generate in you the capacity to take what I want to bring into your life. Please, that is important. Bear it in mind. You may have heard me teach about this, but let me explain it again. Why did it take God 25 years to give Isaac to Abraham? Why? The simple reason, listen, these things are spiritually determined. The simple reason is that what God was doing in Abraham's life, it took him 25 years to accomplish it. That is, when God called Abraham, the spiritual state of that Abraham, that time, could not take Isaac. I don't know whether you get my point. It is crucial. The spiritual state of Abraham that time could not take Isaac. So what God was doing was over time. Because Abraham, listen to this, he was crucial to what God was doing on the earth. Without a man like Abraham, somebody to do that work, Jesus would not have been able to come. The coming of Jesus needed to have a lot of spiritual arrangements put in place for it to happen. And God called Abraham. The other time, a few years ago, we studied Genesis here. And we said the whole of Genesis from chapter 1 until Abraham was written to get to Abraham. From Genesis chapter 1 until Abraham's stories. It was written specifically for Abraham. The story of Adam you read was not about Adam. It was not about the creation of the world. It was about Abraham. You know why? Because in Isaac will your seed be. That is, God was birthing something through that is in somebody so that Jesus could come to the earth. The coming of Jesus was a promise made to Abraham. You know what the Bible says concerning him? He said, He did not say to your seeds as of many, but to your seed as of one. And that seed is whom? Is Christ. Abraham was called let's put it like this, to give birth to Jesus. Abraham was not a common man. Abraham, God had to build faith in him. The birth of Isaac was not his ultimate test of faith. You know his ultimate test? The sacrifice of Isaac. Before Isaac would be born, he went through a lot of things. He had to learn, now listen to this, He had to learn the names of God. One of the major things God will do in your life is to teach you himself. I don't know whether that makes sense to you. Listen, there are times God will strip you completely. Naked, so to speak. No money, no friend, no influence. Why? He just wants you to know that he's all that you need. Listen, he just wants you to get one point. That these people that you thought you knew, These people you thought you needed, you don't need them. All that you need is me. Listen, many lessons God wants to teach us in life, we we can't read them in books. They can't give you a book like, read this. This book will teach you that God is all that you need. And then you read. You try. I'm not saying you will not try. You will try. You are a good man. You are a good woman. You will try. You will read it. He's all that I need. He's all that I need. But there are times God makes the lesson enter fast. He will remove all the people you know. Completely. Listen, 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 listen. Let's get it clear. You know I said at the beginning, make up your mind how you want to interpret your life. That's why I told stories about my life. How I got to Enugu. How I met my wife. And I'm interpreting everything spiritually. I don't believe, I've never for one moment believed that I came to Enugu because I liked to come to Enugu. Even if I liked it, God had to work the liking in me ahead. I'll be getting my point. Make up your mind how you want to live, and if you've chosen to live by grace, this way I'm going. Understand these principles, interpret your life like it every time. If somebody, did, look, you can't disappoint me now, eh? And it will hit me. No, you can't. Take ministry work as an example. I don't take pledges. You know what they call pledge? No pledge. Pledge money. I don't like it. Co-workers, I have told all of you, Any money you pledge, you must do what? Pay before the year is over. Did I force you to pledge? Eh? You must pay. If You don't pay by December. By January, I put a 25% levy every month on it by faith. Amen? Yeah. So What is he talking about? Don't, don't worry. Those I'm, I'm talking to, they know. Now, this is how we do it. At the beginning of the year, we, with the co-workers in Kingdom Word, we have a simple rule. If you're a co-worker, you must give regularly to the ministry. Okay? If, no matter how much you are laboring physically, no, once you are eating, you, you dey chop, have you? If you are not eating, if you don't die, maybe by, this, by February, I think, survive January, fast for 40 days, by second week of February, you are dead. Are you getting my point? So, if you're still alive, <laughs> that means you are eating. So I said, no matter what, you must make a pledge and give to the ministry on a monthly basis. Our minimum is how much? I can't remember. 200 naira. So it's not like it's a lot of money. The maximum, have we changed it? It's 10 million a month. All right? The Lord is good. Why are you laughing? When I said 200, you did not laugh. Why are you laughing at 10 million? Come on, increase your faith. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, so this is how co workers do it. At the beginning of the year, this is what we do. So everybody, if you're a co worker, you must. De- you must Pledge something to give on a monthly basis. Why? It just let me not bother into in details now. It's just a commitment to the ministry. You understand my point? Uh, I mean, things don't always have to be convenient. It's a sign that you really want to work with us. Now, the amount of money varies. Like we said, minimum two hundred naira, maximum ten million. So it's not a big deal. Now I'm going somewhere, else. so I tell the coworkers, you write the amount on a piece of paper. You don't write your phone number and don't name anything, and put it in the offering basket. Now, do we total it? No. People collect it, they collect that paper, roll it, and throw it away. Why do you have to write it there for? It's just like you solemnize a ceremony. By the time you write it, you won't forget. By the time you drop it, it's printed on your spirit that you've made a pledge. Now, this is where I'm going. I don't look at it. I don't care. I don't monitor. You didn't write your name anyway. I learned very early not to trust in people's pledges. I learned very early not to trust in people's promises. I have found out that only the promise of God stands. That's why I'm going with all of this talk. I have found out that only the promise of God stands. Sometimes when I see pastors, you know, waiting, you know, get somebody, come and pledge. I wonder, I say, people will try. You. I have found out that only the promise of God stands. And guess what? I have not been disappointed all these years. I give it as a testimony. As sat now, we broadcast weekly. Some of them several times a week. Varying the different prices, you know. Different prices from different places. Make a long story short. We broadcast on 16 radio stations and one television station as of today. Do you get the point? Another day we did an estimate of our bill and there is no radio station that we owe. None. Not, there's not one. There's not one that we owe. Not one. If we don't pay any, it just may be we forgot. They didn't remind us on time, or they just a delay of two, three days, of you know, or one week maximum. But not because there's no money, just because maybe you know the way it, it is. You just forgot to do something. We are owing somebody? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Now, why am I giving this testimony? One of the things I learned early is cost is the one who trusts in flesh. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Listen, we know what God is doing. These 25 years of Abraham I was telling you about, what was in the life of Abraham? He was building Abraham. He was building Abraham. God needs to build you to a place where the next level that he's taking you to, you can handle it. It will not crush you. The Bible talks about the weight of glory. Glory is heavy. If God blesses you, it can crush you. We are talking about Abraham. God was building Abraham to a level where his faith would be strong enough to pull down the coming of Jesus for the fulfillment of God's promise. Without Abraham getting to that point, without him getting to that point where he could give up Isaac, Jesus would not have been able to come. The coming of Jesus was like a covenant promise, a covenant relationship between him and Abraham. And Abraham had to fulfill what he fulfilled for God to fulfill what he also fulfilled in, in, the, in, in the coming of Christ Jesus. Now, that's the reason why God doesn't play. That was why it took him 25 years to bring Isaac and train him for another, from what I we know, for another 30 years thereabout, before Abraham now went for the final examination. I hope you're getting my point. That sacrifice, Isaac, was an exam. Remember we said something that God will always come back To administer his his exams. Jesus will come back to administer his exam, And if you see what he said to Abraham. He said to Abraham. Now I know that you fear me. Essentially what the Lord was saying is that now it is demonstrable that you fear me. Now based upon this now. I swear in blessing I will bless you. I will make your name great. I hope you're getting my point. What was he saying? Now I am going to take it to the level. It's the same thing that happened. The Lord came and said, where is it? He said, your mina has made 10 more. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Be in charge of 10 cities. It's exactly the same thing that God did when he came to Abraham. When he came to Abraham. After Abraham sacrificed Isaac. That exam was not easy. For that reason, that training was not overnight. Every experience in the life of Abraham was training him for that final exam. When he went into Egypt and Pharaoh took his wife, it was training for that exam. When Abimelech took his wife, it was training for that exam. When Lot chose before him, it was training for that exam. Everything Abraham went through, when Lot was taken, it was training for that exam. When the king of Sodom met Abraham on the way back from that slaughter, from that war, it was training for that exam. Every single one, God was training something, training him in something. And so you will hear after an experience, Abraham built an altar. I hope you're getting my point. And they called upon the name of the Lord. What happens is that each time God will reveal himself to Abraham, he will say to Abraham, I'm your defense. Abraham will build an altar and call that altar God my defense. What was he doing? He was offering a sacrifice upon the revelation. He was offering a sacrifice upon the discovery of the person of God. Like I said earlier, you will have failures. It's not a big deal. But God will deliver. Listen, when you have failures, stop. Stop! Looking for who to blame. It is important you look for the deliverance of God so that you can build an altar afterwards. You know, the experiences you have had. If you see some of these great healing ministers, they were sick. Then they were healed. After that, they did not doubt that anything was curable. I don't know whether I get my point. One of the, one of the men I enjoy, I enjoy most, someone like Ken Hagen in that area. Ken Hagen had some of the, that is, medically speaking, I will say after the raising of Lazarus, his own own story is one of the most dramatic, demonstrating the power of God that have ever seen. And for that reason, there is nothing you would tell him in his days as a story, that he doesn't believe that if if you get enough faith and understand God and stand on God's word, that healing will not come. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That when God wants to show himself to you, Many times you pass through experiences. Many times you pass through stuff. What is just in that Settle down there and learn. Now we're talking about how to wait for God. Is this perspective that helps you wait? Is this understanding? That it's not as if anything around can take my destiny. But whatever I'm going through, I must be learning. He said, dwell in the land and do what? Cultivate faithfulness. I said something last time. That God is interested in skill. I said that there is seed time there is harvest. That many times people fail in life, or they are con- they, they, they are frustrated because they are doing the work of harvest in the time of seed. Are you getting my point here? Yeah, they are doing the work of harvest in the time of seed. What are the things we're supposed to do in the time of seed? One of the things I said last time we're doing the time of seed is to demonstrate or is to learn skill. It's an example. Is to learn skill. There are people. Listen, one of the things God does for you is that, apart from showing you Himself, He's transforming you. It's transforming your character. There is a way you talk now. That God said, when I put you where you are supposed to be, you can't be talking like that. I don't know whether you're getting my point. For that reason, you know, there are preachers I see sometimes. I just know that if they don't shut up, they can't go further. Why? I see the kind of things they say. There are preachers that if they preach on national radio, people listening to them, will start fighting along tribal lines. So God will say, this guy... Pray from now to tomorrow. I'm not increasing you beyond this level. But the same person will say, how come I'm stagnated at this particular level? And he prays hard. He will find out that what the Lord is saying is that through this process of stagnation, I've been able to bring you to the place where you can think and reason. Are you getting my point? Now, when you pray, think and reason, I will be able to reveal to you. And then sometimes I'll not bring people from places you did not like. And they'll be the only ones that can get you out of your trouble. Do you get the point? And when that would have happened, you will now say like David, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I will be your word. After that, you move to another level. Now listen to me, it took God with Abraham 25 years before Isaac was born. And then for about 30 years again, they continued training. So what were they training after? After Isaac was born, when did this one happen now? Ishmael. When did it drive Ishmael away? Yes, after Isaac was already born, right? Good. He said, send Ishmael away. Ishmael was the first practice of sacrificing a, a child. When he told Ishmael to go, he was practicing sacrifice. We're going to read it well. We don't have the time now. It was practice in how to sacrifice. He was warming up because he knew that one day, because this one, don't lay your hands on the boy. He didn't have to. Just let him go. He gave up Ishmael, as it were, to die. Now don't forget one thing. Now, listen to this. Abraham. I want to close. Now listen to this. Abraham, right? When he prayed for, Abraham, for Ishmael, what did he say to God? He said, let Ishmael live before you. All right? We've already established it here. He wasn't saying God to use Ishmael instead of Isaac. No. And God told him, that for Ishmael, I have heard you. And he said that I will also make him, what? A great nation. So when he sent Ishmael out with Hagar, with just a small amount of provision into the wilderness, it was testing, in quotes now, God was testing him, will you will you believe me that the promise I gave you concerning Ishmael will be fulfilled? So when God said to him, listen to the voice of your wife, he let Ishmael go. Abraham did not think Ishmael would die. Why? Because, now maybe I don't know about what he was thinking. Let me not say that now. I don't know exactly what he was thinking. But he let Ishmael go. And that was the first time of really proving God's promise. And Ishmael did not die. And Hagar found a well. And the boy began to do well, all by himself. Abraham understood that even though I let Ishmael go into the wilderness, God had promised, he said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. And then now that Ishmael is thriving. Next time God said, give me Isaac. This time around, kill him by yourself. He never listened to me. Abraham did not think Isaac would remain dead. Abraham assumed. The Bible says he received him back as a figure. That is what happened was that Abraham said he is able to raise him up even from the dead. That this God that kept Ishmael will keep this Isaac. The reason why I went to sacrifice Isaac, like I said, it was not because of hey, I will give God anything. No. God was testing trust. God was not testing generosity towards him. Do you know why? He doesn't need anything. Did you hear what I said? Yes, God does not need anything. What God tests is not your jail. You know, people say, I love the Lord so much. You know, I've heard things like that. The day I see Jesus, I'm going to kiss him. He's not waiting for it. He said, if a woman loves me, she should obey me now. Don't wait to kiss me that time. You might say, I'm going to kiss Jesus. Obey me now. I will know this kiss. I don't look, you know, I'm not your husband. Are you getting my point? This, you know, husband in that regard. Obey me now. If you really love me, what do you do? You keep my word. So God is not like, oh, Banky loves me so much, he gave me a millionaire offering. You know what? It doesn't move him. You know what God wants? If you want to give a millionaire offering, say, oh, God Banky believes so much in this cost, he gave a million. Banky loved this young man so much, he gave him a million to solve this problem. Are you getting my point? Banky loved his church so much, he gave them a million. But he God, Banky loved God and gave him a million to so God, has no meaning because Banky knows I don't spend a million. I don't know what you get, what I'm trying to say here. It doesn't, no, please, let nobody tell you that, oh, a God is impressed by your sacrifice. He is not. What is impressed by is, do you really love your neighbor? What is impressed by, do you really love the cause of the gospel? Because, you know, listen, Christians give like idolaters. They carry things to the shrine. Oh, oh, we have come, this is our, our sacrifice. That's not Jesus for you. Jesus doesn't eat your sacrifice. He doesn't need it. What he wants is what? Prove to me the genuineness of your faith. So when we give, uh, next year I'm going to teach extensively about money matters. When we give offerings as believers, it's not about, oh, I'm generous towards God. Listen, he doesn't want your generosity. Be generous to people you can see. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If you're a member of a church and the roof is leaking, be generous to a leaking roof. I don't know whether you're getting my point. There are people who work in the church, be generous to their salaries being paid. If you love the gospel, like I was telling you about our broadcast just now. You say, ah, you spend that amount of I-, I know some people who wanted to pull one radio broadcast from one place. They said, no, it can't go away. So what did they do? They said, no, listen to this. That's my native state. My people must hear the gospel. Are you getting my point? So they brought money and said, no, don't take it away from there. They were generous. Is it to me? No. Is it to God? No. To who? To their state. They said, ah, look, where we broadcast in those states? No. State? no. The brother that paid, he's in Port Harkot. We He listens to us. We go for seminars in Port Harcourt. So one day he told him, Inka, look, why don't you people broadcast in Undo State? They said, we are thinking about it. He said, okay, be thinking. He went there, paid them for one year. He said, I'm from Undo State. Why should you be broadcasting everywhere else? My state is not hearing it. Paid the radio station for one year. And said, I now called him Inka and said, I have paid them. Go and give them the messages. I, I hope you are getting my point. Listen, when we reason like this, our generosity will make sense. Because all this one offers, I will sacrifice anything for my God. He's not not impressed. (laughs) He doesn't think anything of it. If you cannot mentally connect with what you want to do with an offering, go away with it. It's not just, ah, today I went to church. I want to show God I love them. I'm going to drop, I'm going to claim my account and put an offering basket. Listen, that one, I'll tell you how it makes sense in a moment. No, I'll tell you how it makes sense. But that God likes that money, no. What God wants to hear when you see your money move is things like, ah, oh, Pastor Corey said that they are going to Meduguri. Wow! That gospel must be preached in that area. What can I contribute? What you are thinking about is two things. One, Meduguri people must hear the gospel. It will drive out Boko Haram. Are you getting my point? It will drive Boko Haram back. And then the men who are going there, they must eat. They must sleep. They must have a place. And since I cannot go Let me show thee, like Paul said, the genuineness of my love. Love not only in words, but indeed also. Are you getting my point? Now, what is it that really impresses God? That's what I'm talking about. Towards him. What impresses him that you can give to him and is impressed is a sign of faith. Anything you do as a sign of faith, he's impressed. When Abraham gave up Isaac, so, God is what simply what? A sign of faith. That Abraham believed me so much. Not that he was, mm, not that I can give you anything. No. That I said to him, In Isaac will your seed be. Yet, this guy had never seen somebody raised from the dead. But he has a small testimony. I'm talking about training. That Ishmael went out. He did not die like he feared. I trained him. To know that even though things look bad, if I gave you a promise, it will stand. So when, when Abraham believed that promise, God got excited. Let me say something to you. People of faith, you need to do something crazy with your life that the only reason you are doing it is that you believe God. I don't know what I hear what I said. Yes, your life, there will be something crazy. Now listen, it's not crazy to you. And I keep on saying it. Just, the only reason you are doing it is that, listen, God will not fail. Now, I'm not saying, you, you know, that we will just say, I'm testing God. If you test God, you will fail. I don't know whether I get my point. Uh-huh. It's God that tests you. You can't be testing God. You smoke. How can you be testing God? Who is it, lecturer? Who is the teacher? Can I go to class, my students set an exam for me? I go answer them. So, we are not testing God. I hope you are getting my point. It's God that is what? Testing us. Now, what I'm saying is this. We do it not as we are testing God, but we look at it and say, ah, his word is real. This word will not fail. Like I told you, I prayed. I said, God, it will never happen. Based on your promises, I believe you are directing my life. I am moving according to the understanding I have from the word of God. It will never happen that somebody will say, I warned you. I told you. I told you so. Are you getting my point here? That is this your life? You will do some, that is, you will live a life, not like you do something. You will live a life that only God, His word, can explain your decisions. I'm not talking about just close your eyes and say, ah, I want to close, I want to cross the road. I won't open my eyes. The Bible never said don't look to the left or the right when you want to cross the road. I, I hope you're I getting my point. But it does things like this. You get up from here. You travel to a land you have never seen. You are doing mission there. you marry a native, somebody a Christian from that area. Meanwhile, in your village, you can't even marry from the next village. Uh, you are getting what I'm saying? When I say, what happened? He said, I found out from the scriptures that there's only one body. I said, you know, it means that the the chieftaincy title of your grandfather can never come upon you. He said, I thought about it too but I made up my mind that approval with God is more important than approval with men. That's what they call faith. There are those who have disobeyed God after they become rich, they really given 10 naira offering. God, as soon as you leave, God sweeps into the gutter. You don't understand. He told him, listen, that is why you can't steal money and give to God. He, that's I he, That cash offering does not impress him. Many people, they are giving regularly. Do you know why? They are conscious. Their consci- conscience won't let them sleep. They have disobeyed God so many times. They have called him untrustworthy, unworthy to be relied upon. Now when their arm of flesh has produced for them, they say, let me set to God so that he will rest from me. Listen to me, saints of God, today he will never, ever accept that sacrifice from you. Why do we wait for God? We understand that the waiting is not a waste of time. God is preparing me for what he's taking me to. Sometimes I experience failures. Fine. But I'm being built up. That's why I say, I quoted that saying that the man said, the greatest reward for a man's labor is not what he gets from it, but what? What he becomes by it. What he becomes by it. Let me close, saints of God. Remember, how I started by saying, I will follow him totally or want to follow him halfway. We must follow him totally. Follow him totally means that we wait for him. What do you do while we are waiting? We are being built up. We are learning every day. Every lesson, we will not let anyone escape us. He said, What do we do when you are waiting? He said, Exercise them accordingly. The little gift he has given you, be exercising it. Don't be idle. I have told you before the difference between the man walking by faith and the one that is just careless is how serious he is with the affairs of today. Are you getting my point here? They are people who are sending applications all over the world. They want to go here. They want to go here. They want to go there. They, meanwhile, they don't have work. Jobless young man doesn't have work. And they said, go and teach. How much are they paying teachers? Go and teach. He won't do it. or He do, he takes the job. That's another that terrible thing. He takes the job only as an office from where he'll be browsing. Looking for another one. I don't know whether I get my point. He takes the job. The only thing he wants to do is, okay, at least now I have a regular income. So, there, it's always browsing. The ring assembly... What do they call that thing? Yeah. Assembly bell. He doesn't hate. They say, okay, everybody, get your school note ready, you know, by Saturday. The head teacher will see it. He can't be... You know, because the boys have a club where they go and settle down and be looking for jobs internationally. What he doesn't understand is that the next job, as far as Jesus is concerned, is predicated upon your performance in this one. You know what God says to him? Shut down your internet. Shut down your connection. Get yourself off WhatsApp. Don't read email for a while. Spend the next two years. Isn't it not secondary school a place to be teaching or primary school, whatever it is? Teach so hard that people will say, Kai, you are anointed to teach. Teach so hard that do you understand, Book children's book will be ringing in your head. So hard, are you forgetting my point? That when anywhere they hear your name, they say, ah, that man is an obunga teacher. You are know, it's primary school you are teaching or secondary school. And nobody is discussing how much you are earning. If you look at your work, only because of what you get out of it, you are worshipping a foreign god. Your work must be seen as a place where I go out to use my gift to bless people, to prove faithful. Listen, saints of God. That is what Jesus will judge. My people, that's what he's judging. You, know. you are not a man of faith or a woman of faith because you can't take a small time job. You're looking for a big one. People tell you there's no job. Why? Because the starting salary is not up to $250,000 a month. So there's no job. In this country, there's no job. A lot of young men, any you know, good The other day, S1 people came to my house. You were telling that these boys are graduates. I said, how can graduates wake up in the morning looking for who to harass? Came to my gate to come and arrest somebody. Why that i o- I said, which money am I owing? They knew I was not owing anything. Like Bishop said, they knew there was no owing. But they just looked, say, ah, this book just they spend money on cement like this. They're not gonna give us something. <laughs> A bus load full of what's come the situation that when I came out, I said, What's the problem? One guy said, Ah, Pastor Banky, you know me. Yeah, I listen to you on radio. <laughs> <laughs> now you didn't say bus, this money you're not listening to me. If you are listening, you will be more productive than going around looking for who to arrest. Are you a Satan? <laughs> going around probably looking for who he might devour. The same young man cannot lay tiles. If he wanted to be safe, he should come down and say, guys, where are they laying this tiles? Let me lay tiles. And God will judge him on how accurate his tiles, the edges are straight. That God will say, lay the tiles. Let them think it was laid by, the, by an Italian. Seriously, say that Lord, I will lay tithes like Italians. Not worshipping my certificate. Jobless guests inside a boss in the morning. Well, all around them, construction is going on. What well, they mean, no job. Nobody's gonna start me out on naira a month. Half a million. After I have boys who well, are only 1.5. That's what they are thinking. And if you're a Christian, listen to me. Jesus is patient in your matter. Poverty is your portion for a very, very long time. No, you don't know mean say I know they beg I know they you know they're motivated, but I know they're motivated, but I want them. Run for the judgment about to come. The judgment of poverty is coming on irresponsible young men and women. Who feel too big to do little things. When they give it into their hands, they are thinking of when the big one will come. Because the big one is coming. Don't worry. This is the one I'm judging you by. And I'm judging you by. Believe me, Christians should transform this society. But the faithfulness, it demonstrates in little things. Let me end my message here. That's why we wait. That's why we wait. God is saying to some people, you sleep too much. If I make you rich, now your sleep will increase. Do you know that? One young man served NYC with my wife. Now fight from beginning to the end. You know it's a say? Fight from beginning to the end. The guy will come to work. My wife will issue him query. Write letter to NYC. The boys' complaint was, there are big boys they posted to. Where they say they posted them to? Is the local government, ministry, that they are not doing anything. They posted him to go and work with my wife, and she doesn't understand why you won't do anything. Anyway, you know I like the the way the story is going, the sweetness about the story. One day told my wife, Madam, please reject me. My wife said, why should I reject you? I like you very much. You stay here. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going anywhere. What was his problem? He didn't want to walk. My wife told flat, I am not rejecting you. You will walk. He grumbled though, but he demanded is small, small. Now, the point is this. When he finished the NYC, he went back home to his base. He didn't know how he had been affected. He said, what happened was, he called my wife one day. Madam, good afternoon, man. I just said, let me greet you. What is happening? She you know, just says I just want to thank you for my experience know what he said with his own mouth? When he got back home, he started walking with one of his cousins. And that one has a, 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 owns a shop or something. Yes. So he has a shop in the market. The guy. So to the cousin's surprise, this guy woke up in the morning, get ready, and get to the office on time. This guy knew him. Do you know my point? People you grew up together. So he was looking at him now. what happened to this boy? This boy that I know is the laziest creature that God made after this lot. You know, the animal called slot. So he was wondering, he said, what happened? So one day he called him and I said, in my, his name is in my mouth. I'm trying not to say it. Let's just call his name Jumbu. He said, Jumbu, I've been observing you for the last few weeks. What's going on? You were not like this before. Then Jumbu thought and thought, yeah, it is in my mouth. In that few months, he had laziness had been removed from his system he did not know. Sleeping anyhow had left him. He had learned to wake up in the morning, go to work on time, until his own cousin looked at him. Was it his brother or cousin? Okay, sorry, I thought it was cousin. Okay, yeah, that's how he news very much, it's his brother. Until his brother looked at him and said, this is my younger brother, what happened to you? Are you getting my point here? Was it what he got during NYC that was important to God? No. It was what he became in that process. Now let me ask you, if my wife had rejected him and allowed him to go to ministry like everybody else, would she have done him good? He would have gone back and then even his own brother would not recommend him for a job. No. Why would you recommend a lazy man for a job? Can you see what God is doing in our lives? I just give that young man as an example because he called and said to her, thank you, ma. I am not the man I used to be. And I'm saying to you, some people are sport, you know. Sport, sport. God said, "Hey, wait, wait. I have four years on your matter. But time I'm done with you, you'll be disciplined. You wake up on time. You iron your own clothes. Wash your own clothes. Help everybody else. Then one day you won't recognize yourself again. Until that happens, I can't take you to the next level. I am convinced part of Joseph's matter was that God had to teach him survival out of his father's house. He was a good man, but his brother wouldn't. His father wouldn't let him relax." Small thing. Hey, is that place, Penny? You don't step on it. If that place is too hard, stay at home. Why was he not with his brothers walking? Why was it at home? Because not if nothing happened to him. Let nothing coat of many colours. Now, God, look at coat of many colours. <laughs> this boy will not go anywhere in his life. Now, I tell the boy tear that coat. You know that was the first thing they did. They tore his coat. They took the coat from him. He said, My friend, get away. Enter that coat of, coat of many colours. Enter the coat of no colour. God is repairing you. But let me end with this. That your destiny, you will get there. Bow down your head. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Let's just say the Lord will thank you. Let's say the Lord will thank you. Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, will thank you. Say, thank you, you are repairing me. You are preparing me. That's what waiting is for. Waiting is for me to cultivate faithfulness. Waiting is for me to be transformed into the person that can... Enter my destiny. The fact that God has created a destiny for me does not make me I must enter. I must qualify to enter. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. You, you have a destiny. Then God now qualifies you to enter your own destiny. It's your destiny. But he said, I must qualify you. You must be the man, the woman, that can put money in his or her hands. And they will use that money to affect the generation. Not to join the rest of the world in the way they use money. You must be one that will give authority to. And we use our authority, not like the failed kings of Israel, but like David, to shepherd the people with skill and with integrity. With skill and with integrity. You must be that one. That's what the Lord is saying. So he said, Lord, I thank you. Because like David, you are raising me up too. Like David, you are raising me up. And you will bring helpers into my life when the time comes. You will bring help pass into my life when the time comes. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.